Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. The P- I said this a million times. The people who created the playoff didn't want to create a, the playoff, so they thought nothing through. Pete Thamel. College football has always been a sport dominated by the big brands, and the big brands have had a week now. With SI's Pat Forty. I think it would be an absolute travesty, but it would not surprise me. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod Pete's back. Pete, you got any breaking news? You want to break any huge coaching search news on our pod here? Sources. I just talked to the new New Mexico State defensive coordinator seconds before the pod began. So, yes. that That's young Nate Dryling mm-hmm. from Pittsburgh State, not Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh State. So he's on, on his way to Las Cruces, where I told him the AD has a has a has a whiskey company. He uh, he was a little surprised. Ars- by that. Yeah. <laughs> It's an arsenal. Yeah. There's an arsenal of whiskey down there. Yeah. On a side note, there should be more gorilla mascots. Speaking of Pittsburgh State, that's a sweet. <laughs> it animal. is a very good mascot. Yeah. Very. Why good. aren't there more? Why aren't there more? And I, it goes perfectly with Kansas, doesn't it? So sure. you think of sure gorillas in Kansas? Yeah. You'd want your mascot to be like if I had to pick a mascot, I want it to be a mauler. I don't want it to be like a bird or something. You know what I mean? Like you want your mascot to like <laughs> really be able to be like a marauding beast. So. Well, anyway, good job breaking all this coaching news. I uh, done a done, done bang up work. Uh, reminder for everyone listening to the pod: please subscribe uh, so you don't miss any of our our incredible episodes. You never know when an emergency pod might jump out at you. There's so much going on, so you don't want to miss it. Uh, keep keep sharing us on social media and telling your friends about us. It's been uh, tremendous growth this year in traffic, and we owe it to you guys because our extensive marketing budget isn't really. <laughs> Well, there is none. I think we drank it. We drank it. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of budget, let's just before we get to the playoff rankings, which were somewhat predictable, yet somehow controversial anyway, because that's how it works. Let's, uh, you know, it's funny the number of people I talk to, like the seismic shake of Lincoln Riley going to L.A., Brian Kelly going to uh, Baton Rouge. I'm just talking to people all day about this. It's definitely got people attention that this is a whole different ball game in college football when this goes down particularly the brian kelly one because as we'll get to in the in the playoff rankings there's still a very viable path for the irish to make the playoff and a guy quitting on a playoff team is just just runs foreign to everything we ever known but going forward uh brian did fly back to south bend and apparently had a meeting with the team at 7 a.m as pat and i were joking about 
Uh, thanks, coach, for making everyone get up early. And the, I, apparently he spoke for either two or 11 minutes and took no questions and just left. Uh, why have the meeting at that point? <laughs> so he can check the box that he never did at Cincinnati, I believe, right? And that was at one of his stops where he did not meet with his team uh, after taking another job he went job to the before. banquet at Cincinnati. It had already leaked. And he was going to tell the team at the end of the banquet, but he showed up and it was a little gnarly. And there's no good way to no, do this thing. No. I mean, there's, there is no good no, way. No, but getting everybody out of bed at 7 a.m. to come meet with you for two minutes is definitely not a good way. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, seven, if they're, the they're great bother me. Like, those guys all wake up and go work out. Like, they're all, you know. Not every day. They don't do that every day. Especially when you're not playing this week. Well, I would say this. If you show up, you got to just sit there and get yelled at for a little while. Like it's well, just part right. of being an adult. Just let them, just let them vent on you. Then get in your private jet and and go cash your purple money. It's okay. Like, you know, but you gotta, you gotta take the, you gotta take the hits. And these coaches, they're so used to no one ever telling them no, other than occasionally referees and some recruits that I don't even think they can handle it. Like you've been, been a head coach long enough. Uh, I don't know if they're they're very good at. It. I I would have liked to see them take a heat. Let's get to this though. Who's going to take over at Notre Dame? We've not had a job hunt in a long time. There, not have they? Did, this is a school that has not had a lot of success at hiring coaches of late. Brian Kelly was tremendous hire. Most of the others were not. Pete, what are you hearing, and what do they want? I at Notre Dame. You know, I don't think I, I think if you're Notre Dame right now, you have a pretty good pool. I mean, when you really sit back and look at the landscape and how competitive it is. There are a couple really high-end coaches who, who covet your job. Luke Fickle, obviously, is a uh, devout Catholic. He grew up in the Midwest. He's recruited five stars to Ohio State. He's recruited a heck of a lot of four stars to Cincinnati. He has a built-in credibility in that footprint, maybe as strong as anybody. And uh, they, they're just that just seems like a natural fit. If you had to if you had to project a winner, if we were uh, on election night, what's the guy's name? They use him on Monday Night Football, the map guy. Yeah. Points at the yeah. map. Yeah. yeah. If, you had to, if you had to project South Bend when the white smoke comes out of uh, the Golden Dome um, at a certain point, I think you have to project Luke Fickle. The timing is tricky and it doesn't work. But my early feel is that both sides are going to be mutually motivated enough to do this. But I don't think that they're going to be myopic about that, especially because the timing stuff presents some challenges. I think Matt Campbell's a candidate for certain. I wouldn't discount Pat Fitzgerald as a candidate. Jack Swarbrick, the AD, there's not going to be a prisoner of the moment, right? He's going to be a big thought. What is it 10 years from now? He's not going to let a recruiting class or something in the micro effect what could be the best decision in the macro. Pat Fitzgerald has done really good work for a very long time. He's a Southside Chicago guy. I, I would think that with a new AD, a new president at Northwestern, um, you know, maybe it's maybe if if there was ever a pivot point, a new president too, uh, if there was ever a pivot point where he stops and says, you know what, maybe it's time to move on. It's this. I I don't know that, but that's it, it's at least you can you can weave together a scenario where maybe he'd take a longer look than he would have in uh in years past and then there's going to be there's going to be a groundswell for marcus freeman the uh the defensive coordinator rising star in the sport he's 35 years old i think tommy reese former quarterback he's 29 
he's done great work as the offensive coordinator there. His record as a play caller is preposterously ridiculous. 29's hard. Uh, and I think an assistant coach is hard at this job. It's a, you know, Jack Swarbrick referenced like the job evolving into that of a CEO. And that's hard to be a CEO when you haven't worked in the kind of in the executive branch ever. So that's my sort of distillation of, uh, of, of this race for this job. And uh, I think it's going to be, I think if you're Notre Dame sitting there right now, you are you you are in a position of strength in a lot of ways where you know there are good viable candidates out and available that can really keep and for as much as we can rip on Brian Kelly he took program that lost to UConn the year before he got there and built it to the point where the biggest knock against it was it couldn't beat Alabama or Clemson in a playoff game so it's in as good of a shape it's been in since the Lou Holtz era. Somebody who's really picking up a good infrastructure that got modernized and I think really has a chance to to help keep it, you know, roaring as a top 10 program in the future. Yeah, and that's Luke Fickle, I think. I mean, to me, I think it, it, I've said this I don't know how many times here on the pod. I think he's the best candidate out there for any kind of job, but one that he would want to take seemingly would be Notre Dame. Uh, he's a rising star. He is... He's, done nothing but succeed at Cincinnati and I would not let six weeks of or five weeks at this point of hemming and hawing stand in the way of getting him if you're confident you could get him and even if you can't here's here's a thought guys is if if you could talk to Marcus Freeman and tell him say look let's be honest here we're gonna try to get Luke we want Luke we think we can get him we won't know for sure until their playoff situation is clarified and the committee may trap door their asses on Sunday and clarify it all, you know, and you could get Luke fickle faster perhaps, but either way, I would say to Marcus Freeman, we still want you around. We either want you to be Luke's coordinator. If we don't get Luke, Hey, we want you to maybe be the head coach. And if we do get Luke and you want to go be the head coach at Cincinnati, go ahead. And you're trading almost and playing the Cincinnati playbook again, uh, as you did when you got, Brian Kelly to begin with, but if if you need to do that to finesse the situation, fine. But if you can get some clear signal before then that Luke Fickle wants the job, then I would I'd wait as long as you need to wait for him because uh, I think he's a slam dunk there. Yeah, I like that idea of 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 saying to Freeman, you know, you you hold this together. Maybe like first off, Cincinnati could lose this weekend to Houston. Um, right. That would open right. it up, and then obviously yeah, they could get trap doored. Certainly change things. But if not, it's one month from December 4th to January to the 31st. It's not even quite a month. Fifth, it's a little less than a month. You wait that time out. You have one class. Notre Dame's class has not had a whole bunch of, it's not like the Oklahoma group where everyone just decommitted immediately. Kids want to go to Notre Dame. And as good a coach as Brian Kelly is, and we certainly, nobody, I mean, our, our only criticism of Brian Kelly is he should have waited until Sunday. I mean, mm-hmm. I had no problem. You know, we said, it's, you want to go to LSU. It totally makes sense to me that he wanted to go to LSU. Quitting on a team before we know that they're out is bizarre. Yeah. Right. Just bizarro. Yeah. I mean, they can be in the playoff. That is literally quitting on a club. Now, if you, if this thing's Sunday afternoon and they're not in, uh, or Saturday night, if you can read the tea leaves, and hey, take the job. But I don't know why he couldn't wait five days. I don't know why LSU couldn't wait five days. I agree. I don't know why you'd want to go work for someone that can't wait five days and wants to put you in a position where you look like a clown to everybody. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand the whole concept. If you say, Hey, this is going to happen. I'm either going to be your coach in four days or 
I'm prob this is probably not going to work out, but if we thread this needle, we'll figure we'll work on it. I just, I just I don't know what the rush was in five days. They they had generated an enormous amount of negative publicity about their new hire by being impatient, and it's we're talking days here. Don't I, get it. I agree. I think it's a, it's it smacks of everything that is wrong with the college football hiring and firing process and the fact that neither side could be big enough and patient enough to stand up and say, we can wait until next Sunday is just yeah. preposterous. Again, even me. Saturday night, you'll know. Yeah. I mean, you're going to know by the time this thing, these games go on Saturday night, you can announce them out. I mean, it's just, it's just really weird. Uh, but it is how college football works. Fickle, I think the thing about Fickle is not only is this, is he the best candidate for Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's the best candidate for him. I mean, if he wants to stay in the Midwest, there's just these other Midwest jobs that would be super appealing. Uh, if he wants to leave Cincinnati, it just, Ohio State's not opening. Michigan isn't opening right now. Penn State just committed to, you know, those are the three best jobs. There's four good jobs in the Midwest, and this is the other one. Well, it just opened. And it, it makes a ton of sense. Fitzgerald is interesting on this. Obviously, he's not a hot candidate because he went. He, he they finished last in the Big Ten, last greatest the last West, four yeah. years. Yeah, Big Ten West, 2018 first in the Big Ten West, 2019 last in the Big Ten West, 2020 first in the Big Ten West, 2021 last in the Big Ten West. So put your prop bet on the <laughs> on Northwestern next year now. <laughs> Futures bet. How yeah. the hell does that happen? <laughs> um, slightly inconsistent. If this is a year ago, he'd be so much hotter of a coach. No doubt. But tremendous uh, career. It's it's Kenny recruited at that high level. So I, I agree with you. I think they're in very good shape. How about uh, Oklahoma? Anything new on the Oklahoma front? Pat, what, have you, what are you hearing at this point? Well, Dan, judging from somebody's cell phone video of – Came from campus today of Joe Castiglione standing outside some building talking to some guy wearing black and wearing a black baseball cap. They speculated that he was talking to Matt Campbell out on the sidewalk in the middle of campus. And that's so it's going to be Matt Campbell. This was that's almost, what you heard. Oh, yeah. Because they said, could that be Matt Campbell? And it's like, no, it's not Matt Campbell for one. And two, it would never be Matt Campbell if he was taking the job because that's why Pey Peyton Gruden, Peyton Manning, and John Gruden don't eat at Calhoun's. And Joe Castiglione doesn't stand around small talking on the campus sidewalk with Matt Campbell. That's not how these things work. So that was today's silly season entertainment from Norman. I do think... Matt Campbell does look like a fairly attractive candidate there. Uh, he's obviously done well in the Big 12. He's beaten Oklahoma multiple times with none of the resources or advantages at Iowa State. I still don't think he's a great coach. He hasn't shown that to me. He's shown me he's a very good coach. Not yet a great coach, but uh, if you're looking at other options, I still am intrigued about interim coach Bob Stoops. Uh, and you know, there, there's going to be plenty of other candidates there. Brent Venable's name was certainly very hot, uh, yesterday. He was supposed, supposedly on campus too. Yeah. Like sure. it, 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 it somehow teleported to Norman. <laughs> They're all on campus. They're all, and again, walking around in broad daylight with the AD and who would possibly figure that out? Just a point in our last pod, we, we put, and we did cast some aspersions on this, but we did go with it because it's a podcast. The Robert Hef Hefner V, Robert Hefner the fifth tweet about how Lincoln Riley's contract was with 110 million, included provisions including 
that USC would buy each of his Oklahoma homes at more than a half a million. Yeah. So uh, a realtor, Riley's realtor, talked to Sportico and said that is not true. Not true. So that that report, which um, didn't make a lot of sense to begin with, was not true also. So Robert Hefner V, he's like this, what's, what was that guy the that kept saying the Big Ten's coming back last oh, year? Oh, Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht, yeah, Sir yeah. Yacht. Yeah. Tomorrow, yeah. the Big Ten will announce <laughs> yeah. it's coming back. Yeah. If you just keep saying it, eventually it'll, it may possibly be true. So, yeah. yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Miss, I miss Sir Yacht. Boy, was he great. I didn't miss yeah, Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht was he was good. one of those like, Credit me, credit me, you know. Like, <laughs> he was making shit oh, up yeah, every left time. Right. Well, eventually you're going to be right. We said it's like reporting someone's going to die. I mean, <laughs> yeah. at some point, sources say the guy's going to die today. Well, at some, you keep running the report and you will be correct unless you're reporting about Jesus Christ. That was the problem. <laughs> Get the story wrong. You're right for three days and then your editor is calling you in and you're in a lot of trouble. He reported he got crucified. He's walking around. The, the boulder has moved. It's a total disaster. <laughs> Hell of a correction in the Jer- Jerusalem Post on yeah. Just a, that. That is the, the reporter's worst nightmare. Okay. Pete, what are you hearing on Oklahoma? So I would think that Oklahoma is a, a pretty winnowed pool at, at this point. Obviously, you know, Brent Venables has a long history there. and for them to go into the SEC, he would certainly have, from being with Dabble all those years and also being at Kansas State, being at Oklahoma, and seeing how those places were built and rebuilt, you know, a good idea of how to build an outfit to compete for the national title at a place like Oklahoma. He would have to bring a very intriguing offensive coordinator with him. That's always the big question when you when you elevate one of these defensive coordinators. There's also a sense of like, he hasn't wanted to leave the womb. He could have left for some pretty plumb jobs the, the, the past few years. But there's a familiarity with Castiglione. There's a familiarity with Oklahoma. I would think Venables has a, uh, has a really good shot. I would also think that Oklahoma is going to have some interest in Luke Fickle. It certainly doesn't fit like the Midwestern footprint that he's had before. But shoot, it's one of the 10 best jobs in college football. You know, they'd be foolish not to kick the uh, kick the tires there. And then, you know, Matt Campbell, obviously, is going to be a guy that they've seen do great work. You know, right up the road, he's kicked their tails a few times and, you know, certainly out tough that program. So I, I would think it ends up being one of those uh, one of those three guys at the end of the day for uh, Josie and the boys in Norman. One more job hunt thing. Brent Pry, defensive coordinator at Penn State, is the new head coach of Virginia Tech. We were struggling to find the right candidate for Virginia Tech. We certainly didn't have Brent on our short list. Thoughts on on, on what Brent can bring. To uh, to a program that always has great potential, but hasn't te- hasn't been rolling lately. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, I I think there's there's good potential with this. We'll see. I mean, it, we've talked about it multiple times. But go in there, recruit Tidewater, recruit recruit DMV. Uh, you're going to have a chance. And he's already been recruiting those areas when he's at Penn State. Uh, he has been with James Franklin a long time. I remember when I did an all access signing day at Vanderbilt for Yahoo and uh, Brent Pry was one of the guys on that staff and a, a good person to talk to. Uh, and their defense has been really good. It was very good this year, not last year in that the whole COVID blip, but it was it was really good. It was uh, solid. And so 
if you know, we'll see if you obviously the transition to the head coaching job is is always unpredictable. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's difficult, but I give this one a chance to succeed. And then uh, Washington goes with Fresno's Kalen DeBoer, so uh, who had had a pretty good season out there and gotten Fresno rolling pretty well. Big win over Oregon. One way to make yourself popular at Washington. So it's like Notre Dame and LSU are just sucking all of the oxygen out of this. I mean, Washington and Virginia Tech, pretty good jobs. One made the playoff and one essentially in the last generation played for the national title. So, like, I mean, they're, they're real places. Uh, yeah, but those, I mean, look, it's... Uh, College football has always been a sport dominated by the big brands, and the big brands have had a week now. Whew, they have had a week. They're pillaging each other and uh, going after each other. But I, I think the pry hire in Blacksburg is a very blatant move to try to channel back into the Beamer past. All right. They went outside the family with Justin Fuente. It didn't work. He didn't connect, especially recruiting-wise, with the area. He didn't connect with the community. So Virginia Tech is bringing in one of their own. They're bringing in – the lunch pail is coming back, and they're going to try to channel that old identity, defense first, tough and nasty, go dominate the 757 in recruiting. That, that to me, was it was what Whip Epcock was trying to do with that hire. And uh, I like the Kalen DeBoer hire. If you take a look at Kalen DeBoer and where he has figured out how to win, he has been the uh, head coach at Sioux Falls, and he has been an assistant coach at Southern Illinois. He's been the an assistant coach at Eastern Michigan, where they won pretty big. And he's been at Indiana, where they've won pretty big. And he did really good work as an OC at Fresno. Wherever he has gone, and I certainly don't know about his record at Washington High School in South Dakota. I'm sure you'd be disappointed because you want me to break stories about their new ops guy. Um, but wherever Kalen DeBoer has gone, winning has followed. And the creativity that it takes to win at some of those lower levels than AI, et cetera, um, the FCS is is really, I think, going to transcend. It certainly did at Indiana. It certainly did at Fresno. And I, I really think uh, that he's going to he's gonna do well at Washington. Uh, all right. Not born on third base there. <laughs> Incredible numbers at Sioux Falls. No, no, big time numbers at yeah. Sioux Falls. Big time. 67 and three. His worst season was 11 and oh. two. His first year, two, 2005, he went 11 and 2. 14 and 0, 13 and 1, and then he finished it up with a 14 and 0 and a 15 and 0. Man, that was the mayor of Sioux Falls. <laughs> that is some rolling right there. A lot of natural talent in the Sioux Falls area. Yeah, I mean, you get that, that recruiting market, and you really can't lose. All right, let's get to this playoff uh, deal. We're finally at the, uh, the penultimate uh, rankings. Once again, I don't know why they do this. Uh, we could have figured it out ourselves. Instead, they made a muck of it. Not surprising, Georgia still number one. Michigan bounces to number two after the big win over uh, Ohio State. Alabama's at three, uh, where they were last. They did not get dinged for uh, barely sneaking by Auburn in four overtimes uh, because Auburn decided they, they shouldn't go for the win and decided even though they had a one-legged quarterback, they should try to play for the long play. <laughs> A tremendous game strategy there. Uh, for Cincinnati, who's sitting there, they're in right now, but oh boy, we've seen this act before with TCU. Uh, they were at three and they got dropped down. Uh, Oklahoma State is at five, been saying all along they can jump them. Cincinnati still needs help in this. And then Notre Dame is at six. And that is pretty much your grouping uh, unless... All hell breaks loose. So I'll get to the scenarios of all hell break loose because it's it's really fun. Oh yeah. But 
I'm I'm kind of rooting for 11 2 loss power five teams, which we could have. Let, let let's just start it. Let's say <laughs> Georgia wins, okay? Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State all lose. Now what do you do, huh? Notre Dame is like number two without a coach. <laughs> Can Notre Dame jump like Cincinnati, Cincinnati though? Cincinnati thumped them at home. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, it depends. Okay. All right. It, yes. So, so Cincinnati, I, what would Cincinnati move from Cincinnati, Cincinnati to two? Lo- well, Cincinnati loses too. Everybody loses. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be a mess. You could have a mess. There's a case where Oregon is not out of this. I'm just saying. You're right. Oregon right? needs to win that game on Friday night. But first off, the, the games this weekend are not far fetched. And this is where we'll get to Notre Dame. Anybody of these teams can lose. I mean, Michigan is, I think, a 10 point, 10 and a half point favorite over Iowa. Alabama can absolutely beat Georgia. I'm not saying they're going to. Georgia's looked a lot better, but it's still Alabama. Cincinnati is playing Houston. If Houston hadn't blown that lead to Texas Tech in the opener, Houston would be unbeaten and sitting at five or something like that. I mean, it would be in a crazy American uh, championship game. Oklahoma State Baylor, I think it's five and a half is the spread on Point Bet MGM. That is a, I mean, is anyone going to be shocked if Baylor wins? Uh, it's so any of these things, all these teams could lose. Yeah. 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 You, here's what you could end up with. You could end up with, all right, let's see here. Notre Dame can't lose. So <laughs> they can lose their coach. They just right. can't lose a game. That's kind of like yes, a loss, right. though, according to what they said on. Uh, according to that, yeah. We'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to we'll that. We'll get to that buffoonery. But yeah. yeah. But Alabama, Mississippi, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Oregon, and the winner of the ACC title game, either Wake Forest or Pitt, could all have two losses. Some would be 11 and two, some would be 10 and two. Throw them all into a kettle and see what you come up with. That's why I think the Ducks, the Ducks aren't dead because they got the win over Ohio State. And if it ends up and they could win their conference and, you know, that's a big thing. They could end up 11 and two. Baylor could end up 11 and two. Both would potentially jump all the way up. Now, do they because Cincinnati would not have won their conference. That's a lot of things going to happen here. I'm just (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it, everyone's like, oh, there's only 16. There's a whole bunch of teams, kind of. Now, yeah. you know, you're going to have to roll. Uh, you're going to have to go uh, inside straight on that. But it's certainly possible. My theory is that you you end up like if, if Cincinnati loses as well. And you do end up with Georgia in and Notre Dame with no coach in, which in and of itself is phenomenal. And then <laughs> they're so conflicted and contwisted that contorted that they end up just falling back on strength of schedule. And right now, before you play the conference championship games, the two highest strength of schedule of the teams that could be in the mix for this are Ohio State and Alabama. And if those two got in with two losses, how how, how loud would they howl in Ann Arbor if two loss Ohio oh, so State there's a gets rematch with Oh, yeah, because Harbaugh's been talking smack. He's like, I don't got to deal with these guys for a year. Oh, hello. Yeah. We're back, Mr. <laughs> third Base. Coach third base is ready to go now. We just called them all whips. I, but see, I don't. I think Oregon at that point would jump Ohio State. They got a head-to-head and a conference title. Yeah, but every well, true. They well, they could lose too as well. But everything would everything would get really conflicted. You know, I mean, like Baylor and Oklahoma State would have split. Uh, Michigan would have beaten 
But you got to have that State would have lost to Michigan State. I, I feel like the championship, Dan, is like a is like criteria by convenience. The tiebreaker. That's yeah, criteria by convenience. Well, they're all tri- yeah. they're, it's all criteria convenience, right? Yeah. No, that's true. I mean, that's the thing. That's just this is, goes back to the Cardell Jones. <laughs> well, the third string quarterback looked good. Well, you can't make that a criteria yeah. because the other teams did not have the opportunity to play their third string quarterbacks. You do not know. I guess they had the opportunity, but why would you? You can't score points when the other team's not allowed to score points in the same thing, which is where we get to the Notre Dame thing. All Let right, me so just say this. I, if I'm advising these coaches this weekend, run up the score. Run it up more. Oh, yeah. Run it up more. Like, like that should be on the yeah. whiteboard. We need to win fifty. Like, didn't Ohio State win that game against Wisconsin fifty nine to three? There's something crazy yeah, yeah. like that. That was fifty nine. And Barry yeah. Alvarez's team was getting killed, and he talked them all into it. Yeah, because he was on the and committee. TCU ran it up on Iowa State fifty five to three. I was at the game, and then they fell from three to six. <laughs> <laughs> Still the craziest thing I've ever seen. I, they didn't look good that day. Hey, we think, they didn't look good. They didn't have good game. We control. think you're the third best team in America. Yeah, too it fast. was a very shaky 52 point victory. 52 point victory. We now think you're the sixth best team in America. Like, okay, we didn't. What? And how about Houston only being never, 21 at this point? That to me is like, that would make me nervous oh. if I was Cincinnati. I'd be shaking in my boots. I mean, yeah, it's a hard because they'll be out of their top, which is a completely arbitrary yes. thing. The top 25, the delineation of top 25 is purely a marketing ploy by the AP, which used to do 20, but then added five. Like there's no statistical thing that says tw- top 25 matters. But of course, the math geniuses that created this idiotic standards that they it's not that the committee's a bad idea. It's just the way they set up the committee is terrible. The P- I've said this a million times. The people who created the playoff didn't want to create a, the playoff, so they thought nothing through. So here we got. So Houston loses that game. They're going to be out. Cincinnati is going to lose one of their top 25 wins. Cincinnati is, is in a perilous spot. Alabama wins that game, and Oklahoma State wins. Cincinnati's in a lot of trouble. I, I, I just, I don't, I think they will drop to five. Alabama will move up. Georgia will go to four. Oklahoma State will go to three or whatever, whatever. Michigan will go to one, whatever it ends up being. Cincinnati needs help. They don't control anything. This committee will drop them like a bad habit. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Cincinnati, after being euphoric that you moved in last week, I look at the terrain this week and say, oh my God, you guys are ready to do it to us again. You really are. And especially... Barta ducked a question tonight about how solidly Cincinnati was placed in comparison to who was ahead of them and who was behind them. And Oklahoma State is sitting there poised if they have a top 10 win over Baylor. Uh, yeah, the fix could be in yet again, uh, which, uh, boy, I mean, if I were a Cincinnati fan, this would not be a fun rest of the week waiting just to get to Saturday and then see what happens with everybody else. Cause it may be beyond your control, even if you win and win big and that would just be, it'd be gross. And to me, you know, look, Oklahoma state is a good team that has had a good season, but they are getting significant credit for beating an Oklahoma team that I think all of us think is not that good. They also lost to a seven and five Iowa state team. So I, you know, I, they were saying, well, look at all the quality wins that uh, Oklahoma State has. Okay, well, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame by double digits on the road. I'm sorry they didn't play enough other big teams, and you're not going to give them cred- enough credit for Houston, 
but they also didn't lose to a seven and five team. So that's that's where I just have a big problem with this. This is my problem with the the Big Twelve potentially jumping Cincinnati. I just don't think the big any team in the Big Twelve is that good. Oklahoma State is the best right. of them. But what were the Big 12's best non-conference wins? Texas Tech over Nothing. Houston and Baylor over BYU. I, maybe Oklahoma State at Boise, but no, not particularly. Like by, I, by a point with an inadvertent whistle that blew that took back what should have been could have been the winning touchdown for Baylor. Yeah, Boise, Boise. should have won that yes. game, but yeah. they didn't. Yes, no, they did. But but they have three teams in the top fourteen, yes. right? Yes, and Houston, which. Again, they blew that Texas Tech game or else this would be a big matchup. Who cares? They're going to make it up. They're going to make it up, okay? What we found out today, let's get to the Notre Dame. Let's get to Notre Dame. This is Notre Dame is right where they should be, six. But Notre Dame has got a, a shot to get in because they just need a couple results here. If, if Georgia beats Alabama, particularly if it's by more than a touchdown, I don't see Alabama's out. If Cincinnati loses to Houston, very viable, they're out. And... Notre Dame's going to move right up. There's nobody to jump them. I, 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 just, I just don't think there's – maybe they can, Cincinnati can hold them off. I doubt it. I don't know. Michigan loses. Oklahoma State loses. Like, if two event, two things happen out of four games, one of which is a favorite, Georgia, and the others are all fairly reasonable, uh, Notre Dame could be in, okay, which is fine. But they, they, break, they dust off their protocols tonight and come up with this idea that they can look into the future now. Once the championship games are wrapped up, protocol, this is Gary Barta, includes the ability for the committee to consider a player or a coach not being available. The fact that Brian Kelly quit on the team is now a variable that Notre Dame has to deal with. Now, Barta says we didn't, it doesn't say what variable, it's an automatic negative or a positive. But my thing is, it's because there is no way to know whether it is a, a a a negative or a positive. So why would you make it a criteria at all? It should not be cons- it should not be under any consideration. It is we do not. It, it's not first off. It's completely unfair to the Notre Dame players who their coach bails on them uh, now get dinged potentially by some committee members. But the truth is, no one knows, and no one could ever know whether Notre Dame would play better with Brian Kelly or without Brian Kelly. Hence, because it is an unknowable, it should never be considered. This is logic. You don't allow people to consider something that is unknowable. It's like saying, I think if team has Mexican food on Tuesdays, (laughs) they play better than if they have pancakes on Tuesday. Well, this would be unknowable. So it wouldn't be a criteria. Yet they made it a criteria. And so 13 committee members come up with anyone. Someone can sit there and say, Kelly's out. Notre Dame, I don't like him as much. They should not have that ability. That should not be allowed. It's totally illogical. No one could explain it to me that it is logical. You don't know. Is Brian Kelly a big asset in the college football playoff? Got his ass kicked twice. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're so angry, and if they're playing with Marcus Freeman, that they'd be better. We don't know. Lots of times the assistant is better. Lots of times the interim is better. We have zero idea. Shouldn't be a thing. The fact that it's a criteria, it doesn't necessarily bother me in that it'll affect, but it's who failed to think through it all and came up with this. Soapbox down. (laughs) All right. Petey, you want to get on yours or should I? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. 
All right. My thoughts on this for one. All right. I, I am very surprised that people all of a sudden freaked about this at about eight o'clock tonight. Uh, this, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought I brought it up on the podcast the other night, but I guess I didn't. Anyway, I talked about it on Big Ten Network this morning. I thought you were joking. No, no, I wasn't joking. I was like, they I, couldn't be that stupid to come up with something that is unknowable and make it a criteria. Dan, we've seen it. We saw I, I, it with the NCAA basketball committee. That's the thing. The basketball tournament where Kenyon Martin breaks his leg. Cincinnati goes from the overall number one seed to a number two seed. Uh, so that's the precedent there. And they I've heard them talk about it in basketball several times that we will view a team based on what they will be, what they are bringing into the tournament. Now, I agree with you. We don't know for sure. But I think you could reasonably feel that a team without the winningest coach in its school history might not be as good. I don't Maybe know. The next coach is going to be the winningest coach in school history. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But but if let me put it this way. If Jordan Davis is out for Georgia, is your assumption that they're going to be as good? I, I, this is, I, it's why it shouldn't be a factor. Well, I, 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 I don't I don't know. It, 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 the third string quarterback must suck. No, he's Cardell Jones. He played in the NFL. You don't know who's going. You don't know that. It's unknowable. It is. Hence, it shouldn't be a criteria. It should not be allowed to be considered. It is unknowable. A player, I actually have more idea that it could possibly be, but you don't know. Guys step up all the time. When Drew Bledsoe got knocked out of the New England Patriots in 2001, everyone thought the Patriots were screwed. And the backup, who no one ever heard of, turned out to be the greatest player of all time. Right. Would Vegas adjust the line if uh, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt before the, the Packers Vegas, play? Vegas's job is not to set the field. Vegas, is to, they have to because they're dealing with the, the game. You don't know. Maybe the coach screwed up and played the wrong guy. Anyway, my, okay, my, my point, my, my larger point is this, is it would be, I would feel very bad for Notre Dame if this is a disqualifying factor. That was one of actually my thoughts Monday when all this is going down was like, Brian Kelly has double screwed Notre Dame because not only is he screwing, screwing them by leaving, but secondly, this could be held against them. I mean, so I just knew that I thought that this would be part of the deal. And maybe people in the committee room will go, we don't care. They might say what you say, Dan. They might say, we, we don't know whether they'll be better or worse with Marcus Freeman uh, or Tommy Reese or whatever combination they come up with. But to me, like, okay, you can be mad at the committee about this, but I think you should be extra mad at Brian Kelly for putting Notre Dame in this position. Brian Kelly didn't give a crap about his players. Didn't he give didn't. a rat's ass about the Notre Dame football team. No question. No. It bailed on him, and he screwed him over on this. This should not – I'm just talking straight philosophy. This should not be a criteria at all. You cannot put unknowables as the criteria. It's a strictly opinion. I think – Notre Dame's players are probably so pissed off right now. And so what's the greatest motivator we've ever seen in, in sports? You are disrespected. Yeah. They don't think you can win. Everyone's picking against you, right? Everybody uses that. Alabama uses that. Every The biggest juggernaut's going. Everyone's doubting me. Tom Brady still pretends no one believes he's any good. <laughs> well, back 25 <laughs> years ago, I was drafted like 199th. I'm still angry, right? 
what better than, you know, who didn't think you guys could do it? Your own damn coach. <laughs> Your own coach said you guys suck and can't win the title, even if you're going to make the playoff. He literally said, I don't even want to risk coaching you in this playoff. They could come out like crazy. You have no idea. We have no idea. Look, it's not probably going to be a factor, but it speaks to how poorly this is set up that anyone would ever say, hey, that should let's leave that to open interpretation. It's like when they give jury instructions. <laughs> OK, it's like you can't consider that you're not allowed to say I just hated the prosecutor's tie. So that guy's not guilty. You have to follow these instructions. Who the hell put this instruction in? Well, uh, again, I, th I think this was taken from basketball president. Now, with basketball, you have a 68-team safety net. Football, you have four. So there's a whole big difference there. And I don't know whether teams ever get left out when a player gets hurt versus you get in, but you get a lower seating. Uh, whereas with Notre Dame being squarely on the, the theoretical bubble here, this could have a major impact on whether they're in or out. I would. I think they're going to have an easy time motivating the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and it's all going to be let's show Brian Kelly. I, I, I think it's the easiest pregame speech. You don't need to dial up Rockney. These guys <laughs> have got to be furious. You would think. So I just thought of this, and maybe this is like very elementary. The, the reason why Brian Kelly, LSU wouldn't let Brian Kelly wait to the end of the week to see if his team made the playoff is because they would have lost him. I was saying that's right or wrong, but if chaos happens Saturday, Notre Dame gets in. And it's not even crazy chaos. Two results happen Saturday. And Notre Dame ends up in, which is a viable, what is it, probably a 20% possibility, something like that. It's 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 not like... It's at least yeah, that. It's not power Yeah, yeah um, it might, might even be higher. First yeah. of one of the games we fully expect, which is right. Georgia beating right. Alabama soundly. So now you're down to three games by college football standards, pick'ems or close to pick'ems. I know that the spread is larger than that, but college football, if you're in... Single-digit spreads, hey, you don't know. All you need is one of them. Yeah. And if you're LSU and you're about to spend $100 million bucks on this guy, you're like, well, I'm not going to wait on the random result of a bunch of <laughs> unrelated college kids. Again, not de not defending any anyone's decision-making here, but I've just, I had thought that. That is a strategy. Yeah, I hadn't thought that they, through. They got a lot of bad Maybe fun. others have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And look, look, I don't I've never met anyone who's had a great divorce. Right. And there aren't a lot of good ways to uh, there aren't a lot of good ways to do this. But boy, I mean, imagine Notre Dame going to the playoff with an interim coach like that would be wild. Yeah. And they even named an interim coach. Yeah. It's a Disney movie. Yeah. 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 Right. And they got yeah, that. I, well, that, and that's the other part of the dynamic. You just they, they haven't even named an interim coach. I think they're going to try to do this combo platter thing uh, with Freeman and Reese. I think, you know, I will see if they change their mind or hone in on an, a different philosophy that if they have somebody who's basically a figurehead whose decision is to, you know, kick on fourth down or not, but he'd get input from the other two. But I think he's going to say that Tommy Reese leads the offense and Marcus Freeman leads the defense and hope that they both stay. I mean, it, it depends on whether they're just playing in a, in a bowl right. game on New Year's Day or not, obviously. And then the, the, the real concern is they have the number three recruiting class in America right now. And how much of that can you keep together? Yeah. And, you know, so you want to keep those assistants. But I just I don't know. I The idea that, that this was ever a criteria to me just blows my mind. I just cannot. I, I, I am happy to get a call from anyone from the selection committee. They never do want to call and explain how this possibly makes sense. Because you're straight fortune tellers now. <laughs> you're just you're just standing over a crystal ball. 
even if they were going to say, you go with my theory that Notre Dame will might are going to be so motivated they might actually play better, that's still stupid. Yeah. It's just my opinion. Right. They also could be a total disorganized mess. I don't know. Nobody knows. Yet this is this is what they waste their time on on this. The real issue is they shouldn't be doing this and trotting Barta out to say dumb things that kill their credibility and make everybody upset. At them. I would think That's if, you're, they if they do, if they do make week. the playoff or it, uh, I guess if they're a bowl game, everyone's going to scatter. But uh, wouldn't you have like Mike Elston or just some veteran coach on staff who has limited position duties be the head coach as yeah. to not pull – Tommy Reese away from calling the offense, Marcus Freeman away from calling the defense and just keep everything as normal as possible. And then the dude who's like managing the clock and, you know, deciding whether to punt or kick a field goal or go for it on fourth down becomes just, just a, you know, and Mike Elston's a really good staff member. He's had head coaching opportunities. Uh, Brian Polian is the special teams coach. He was the head coach of Nevada. Would be Maybe good. it's him. But and he's you know, assistant or head coach. You go yeah, like the, 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 title. Bob, the Bob Stoops route at Oklahoma. You bring back a, a, a great coach from the past, and I think Charlie Weiss is available. <laughs> oh, God. He kind of owes them a couple days of extra work. <laughs> he owes them some pro bono. Yeah. Yeah. They did just stop paying him like last year. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I wrote the today on Yahoo, like the one thing that the one thing there will not be with whoever they hire in this is a gigantic untenable buyout because that was like the most gigantic and untenable of all the buyouts. It was the godfather of the buy the terrible buyouts, wasn't it? Yes. I think. Yes. I wonder if they all get together in like Naples and just sit around and drink like eighteen dollar <laughs> beers and laugh at uh <laughs> the sucker states. I, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we all want we all want that big buyout so we can uh, sit around in Naples with the beer. Sully, yeah. fire right, us with so many years left on our deals. Oh, wait, we don't have deals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So we believe yes or no. OK, we'll just take a little straw poll here. Notre Dame, whatever. Notre Dame's either backing in or they're not. Uh, I would love to see this interim coach thing. I'd straight up think they would be hysterical. It'd be interesting. And, and, and America would start rooting for Notre Dame. Yeah, we said that way. Monday night. We would all, everybody would be rooting for Notre Dame. I don't even root for, for Notre Dame. For I mean, what, it would literally be unbelievable. And and you said they did it. Michigan did it in, uh, in 89 when when uh, Bill Frieder left the basketball team to go coach Arizona State. Basketball, those guys are always bouncing. But in football, you just haven't seen it. But it would just be incredible if they went, won the title, and they all sat there and were like, Coach, you wanted to win a national title. You should have just stayed, but you bailed on us, and we won it without you. Ha, ha, have fun in Louisiana. Hope the mosquitoes bite you. You think You think Barry Alvarez, he of the Vulture Bowl game uh, pedigree? I believe Barry Alvarez went to Notre Dame, correct? He oh, you there. think he dropped? Uh, you think he, he slid into Jack Swarbrick's DMs tonight? Hey, Jack, you up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still there. Look at my, look at my pinch hitter record, yeah. Jack. All right, on the record here, okay, if Alabama beats Georgia and Oklahoma State beats Baylor and Cincinnati beats Houston, who who's in this playoff? Is Cincinnati out? Who's the – just say who's out. Is it Georgia? Is it Cincinnati? Or is it Oklahoma State? Because Alabama it's, would be in and Michigan obviously would be in. We're giving Michigan a win too. I'll say it's Cincinnati. I will hate it. I'll be mad. But the way this committee has been and the way – Things have gotten maneuvered last week, this week, in the rankings and everything. I, I They are poised to do it. They are poised to jump Oklahoma State ahead of them. And I, I think it would be an absolute travesty, but it would not 
surprise me. So I am saying if it goes down that way, it's Georgia, it's Michigan, it's Alabama, and it is Oklahoma State. And we have a, it, it's yet another disgusting playoff situation. Yeah, I, it would be a shame if it fell this way and Cincinnati got left out. I mean, it would just be Cincinnati is Butler. Like Cincinnati is like a timeless icon. Like they're they are why the playoffs should be expanded because they give college football national resonance. When you have your four big brands churning through the playoff, in a weird way, people will watch, but th- it doesn't lure in the common fan. Cincinnati lures in the common fan. And I think that's like such a powerful force. And by the way, they've earned it. They're really, really good. Right. They it's, have not, the, it's not charity yes, putting them in. They it's will not. have, so let's say that the playoff is Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati, and Alabama at that point. Cincinnati is the best quarterback. Now, Bryce Young long-term will probably be a better quarterback than him. But Cincinnati has like the best quarterback pretty much in the field. They, their quarterback's better than Oklahoma State's quarterback. Like this, this isn't, you know, they're going to have eight, nine players drafted. This isn't just some like, you know, funky outfit or goofy scheme. They're actually a really good football team. We're going to see. I it's going to be it's going to be tight. I my guess is there's going to be this is not just going to go chalk this weekend. Oh no, uh, it no really way. does. So, and that's why Notre Dame's still a, still a factor in this whole thing. Uh, all right, last uh, bit. Uh, the story that uh, got sent to us most this week. Uh, I don't know why people would send us this, but uh, fifty uh, drinkers. Uh, 50 drinkers in uh, northern England uh, were stranded when a snowstorm hit, a heavy snowfall hit, and they were stranded in a remote 17th century pub for three nights. They had traveled there to watch an Oasis tribute band. <laughs> okay, this just gets good now. <laughs> <laughs> they, went to, they, they went to Yorkshire, the Tan Hill Inn in Yorkshire, drank in many places in England, not there. Uh, 200 miles north of London. Uh, and then the snow hit and the power lines fell down and the roads got blocked. So these guys go to hear uh, an Oasis tribute band because, I mean, why not, right? <laughs> um, and they all get drunk and then it gets really uh, snowy and now they're stuck. And for three days, 50 of them are sleeping. They got pictures here. Like they're sleeping all over this bar, this inn. Uh, they jokingly called themselves the inmates. That's British humor. <laughs> Uh, they're now the, the, the Oasis tribute band is called no Oasis. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, it's like a Springsteen cover band now. in Jersey is like an Oasis cover band, 200 miles North. I, guess, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. The no Oasis is, uh, uh, anyway, um, what everyone wanted to know is would we like to be stuck in a pub for three days? <laughs> the answer isn't just yes. It's hell. Yes. I, 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 other than the Oasis tribute band part, I'm listening to this saying this would be a blast. This would be great. The wonder wall of your, your scotch and Irish whiskey and whatever they got there. I see what you oh, did there. What? Uh, what's, give me that. Yeah. What's your? I mean, I think many of us have told uh, told our wives whatever that we got snowed in for three days at a bar. I mean, <laughs> the fact is actually true. I'd be like kicking back, like it's gonna melt eventually, right? Oh, there's still whiskey on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, the, well, I mean that's great. You do. You just call home, say I'm stuck. 
where? I'm well, stuck. I'm just, I'm stuck. You don't have to say you're stuck in a bar, but I'm stuck, you know, in Yorkshire, England, and I'll get home as soon as I can, honey. Phenomenal. I was impressed with like the amount of blankets and sleeping gear that they were able to churn out at this bar. It's probably not the first time <laughs> they've been snowed in in the sucker. <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I, yeah, I, I'm ready for my, my, my blizzard at a bar. Bring it on. I would sleep on the pool table. <laughs> Just keep you off the floor. Yeah. The floor could be sticky. Yeah. A little gross. <laughs> no, they're on the floor. Yeah, they're couch. Oh, it looks like two are. Wait a minute here. Uh-oh. One couch has got a couple people on it. Uh-oh. Love seat. Maybe they came together. Maybe they didn't. Be an <laughs> awkward first date. <laughs> Want to yes. go see this uh, Noasis is playing up at the Dan That's a Hill. Hallmark movie waiting to happen. <laughs> and then Noasis, Noasis <laughs> plays their wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I got to know the band. Yeah. Yeah, you get to know the band really well. <laughs> Dan, we we had a good time in the London pub once. I could have stayed there for three days. I think. <laughs> I think we we tried. We tried. We we. I would say this. We it was. Uh, we we really went after it in per capita hours. <laughs> we went uh, we went strong. We went strong. Yeah, I'll tell you, London London can hit, man. It can Ooh. hit you hard. Woo! A lot yeah. of people have tried to drink London dry. I'm one of them. <laughs> but we've all failed. London we've wins. All, London, London's not messing around. Uh, tip my hat to that uh, that that city. They've been they've been they've been ducking lightweights like you under for centuries. You know, <laughs> oh, they, it's, it's not their first rodeo. It really is. That's that's no. Nah, it's like a three hundred year old bar. Yeah. They're like, yeah. get out of here. Try to take a charge from Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> we. <laughs> We've seen uh, we've seen you for three centuries there, buddy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we've seen your kind. And, uh, yeah, just another idiot American. <laughs> Top of the morning. All right, uh, that's our pod. We're going to be back later in the week. Uh, expanded edition of the race of the case. We'll break down all the games this weekend. Plus, you never know when an emergency pod may break out. You never know what's going to happen. Who's going to hire someone? Fire someone? Leave? Break hearts? All of it. Thank you for uh, sticking with us. Please subscribe and uh, we will talk to you later.